Today I'm answering a question from a member of my free Facebook group, Women Overcoming Narcissistic Abuse. The question is, how do you overcome the insecurities that they leave you with? I know loving yourself is key, but will I ever have that confidence again? I thought this was a great question because this feeling of insecurity and lack of confidence is so common to us as survivors or overcomers of narcissistic abuse. This is a multifaceted question and I have four different thoughts or topics to address it, but really they're all very related to one another. I think you'll find this super practical and helpful, so keep listening. Welcome to Art That Overcomes, where we are redefining our identity after narcissistic abuse. My name is Jennifer and I'm an artist, licensed art therapist, and coach who helps women like you overcome the lasting effects of narcissistic abuse. It's the anxiety, self-doubt, and lack of confidence that can keep us stuck even long after the abusive relationship has ended. Together, we are redefining our identities one drawing or painting at a time because it's your turn to take charge now, no narcissists allowed. All right, let's jump right in. So how do you overcome the insecurities that the narcissist leaves you with? And although we know that loving yourself is key, will we ever have confidence again? I have four parts to this. So first, in order to address this, we need to engage in intentional thought work. And if you're interested in learning more about this topic, you could Google the term thought work or also cognitive behavioral therapy. For the sake of this specific topic, what I'm referring to when I say thought work is that you need to actively do the work to notice the insecure or negative thoughts about yourself and reframe it into something positive or at least neutral. In a practical sense, this may look like noticing that you had a negative thought about your appearance and then consciously choosing to tell yourself, either out loud or in your mind, one positive thing about your appearance, or if that's too difficult for you to believe, then say something neutral that you know for sure is true. So for example, if I had the thought that I'm too fat and therefore unattractive and no man is ever going to want to date me, then I would notice that thought and pick one feature I do really like about my appearance. So I could say I have a beautiful smile. Or if I can't even believe that today, I could say my body is so strong and have, you know, I've made it through everything that I've endured, like birthing a baby, the abuse, and so much more. I'm thankful for the way my body is supporting me. This process can be done with any negative or unsupportive thought or feeling you have. I was just using the appearance thing as an example. You have total control over how you choose to reframe those insecure thoughts and feelings. And the reason this is so important is because those negative self-judging self thoughts aren't only thoughts, right? They're attached to so many feelings. And then from those feelings, we take actions that support us or don't support us in moving toward our goals. In this case, the goal is having improved confidence. You could even hear in my example that I shared a moment ago, when I not only stated the thought that I'm too fat, but with it came the thought that this means I'm unattractive and then thoughts and feelings of shame and even blame that because of this thing I'm choosing to think and believe about myself, no man will ever want to date me. 
If I was indeed having these thoughts and feelings, then I would subconsciously take actions to support that. I would not attempt to meet new men, go to social events, or join dating apps. And then the results of these actions, or lack of action in this case, would support my thoughts and beliefs that, see, I'm unattractive and unworthy of having a man in my life, I told you so. (laughs) It's a self-fulfilling prophecy, but when we choose to reframe the thoughts, we create different emotions resulting in taking different actions that support the more positive, self-affirming thoughts. Okay, second, I want to talk about loving yourself. So I want to acknowledge that loving yourself is hard. This was mentioned in the question that loving yourself is key. So this is even hard for those who haven't suffered this kind of narcissistic abuse. And narcissistic abuse, as we know, is so specifically targeted at destroying your sense of self. But even for people who haven't gone through that, this self-love can be hard. You can't just tell yourself positive affirmations that you absolutely don't believe. Again, it can start with just neutral thoughts, self-statements, or self-talk. Something you actually believe about yourself. Then take an action from there. Do something for yourself, even if you feel that you don't deserve it or you should be spending your time elsewhere. Take 10 minutes to read a book for pleasure, journal, go to therapy, go for a walk or a hike, buy something for yourself that you really enjoy, even if it's frivolous. Do the things for yourself that the narcissist didn't do because they didn't truly value you. Teach yourself through your thoughts, emotions, and actions that you do love yourself. Simply saying it or thinking that you should won't get you very far. Okay, third, let's address, will you ever have that confidence again? So this part of the question. Now, confidence is tricky in many ways, but one reason because it is multi-layered. So for example, I may have grown in confidence in one area of my life, like let's say professionally, but I may be lagging in my growth in another area, like maybe believing I'm worthy of a healthy relationship. Now, overall, I do think confidence in one area can create confidence in other areas, and it does, but they're not always at the exact same pace. So I suggest assessing where you feel the most confident, even if it's only a little tiny bit, and move out from there. So typically, and this is kind of a a generalization, but I'd say typically that after being in an abusive relationship with a narcissist, the areas where we're most lacking in confidence are things related to other people, like situations where we are more likely to look to others for approval. So think about your professional career and colleague relationships or your relationship with your boss or in like dating relationships. Our trauma was relational in nature, so we tend to struggle more with relationships. Like, can I trust anyone? Is everyone judging me? Did I do something wrong? Or I feel guilty because I failed this person. Or I feel guilt and shame all the time and can't put my finger on why that is. So my guess is that the areas you feel most confident in are things that don't necessarily rely on others so directly, like don't rely on their approval or interactions with them. So think about how you feel about yourself when you're quiet and alone, not like when you're super lonely, just a good quiet evening, for example, where you get to do something you enjoy. Maybe simply doing chores around the house or cooking a nice meal for yourself. 
Or maybe it's choosing to get carry out and watch a movie you love or going for a sunset walk or making art or reading a book. How, now I'm introverted, so those are all kind of introverted examples, but, but also just time when you're alone and feel good. How do you feel about yourself in those good moments alone at home? I know we all have our bad moments, again, where we actually feel lonely and being alone is not good, but how do you feel in those good moments, even if they're very fleeting for you right now? I think that's where confidence starts to build. Focus on that feeling, the emotion you have in those quiet moments. Try writing down your thoughts about why you feel good in those moments. Hone in on that and why you feel good about yourself at those times. What do you like about yourself in that moment? For me, this looks like gratitude for my creative mind and love of nature because time alone for me usually means making art or walking outside or even doing chores to care for my home and reflecting on how much I really enjoy this little beautiful space I've created and decorated for myself. Maybe you're an artsy person and relate to that, or you know, maybe you're very different. Maybe paying your bills and budgeting is something you've gotten good at and feel in control of and confident in when you're doing those activities. Whatever it is, hone in on that feeling and then consider how you can create more of that in other areas. Again, this comes on reflection. It comes on noticing those feelings, journaling it, really thinking it through, or even talking through it with a trusted friend or therapist. Okay, fourth and finally, overall, this message I always come back to is in order to get unstuck and continue healing from narcissistic abuse, we have to rediscover, reconnect with, and ultimately redefine our identity. The abuser sought to strip us of our very sense of self and tried to mold us into who they wanted us to be, which was merely a shell of a person who deferred to them for everything and worshiped the ground they walked on. Healing looks like gradually digging through those layers of what they told you you were and finding who you really are underneath. This is where confidence comes from too. For some overcomers of narcissistic abuse, you've never known who you were in the first place. So it's not a matter of rediscovering who you are, but a matter of discovering for the first time. But either way, the process is the same. You have to sit with your feelings. Are you noticing a theme here? Explore those feelings. Notice them. Sit with your thoughts. Notice them. Challenge your thoughts and emotions when needed. Take action to help you feel more in control. Make decisions to choose how you will live your life. Experiment with play and creativity. Literally try new types of activities. Shop at different stores and restaurants. Wear different types of clothing. You know, much like a young teenager goes through the process of trying on different identities in search of who they are, we must go through this process either again or for the first time. I believe that yes, you can get there. You can feel confident and in control of your life, but you have to at least believe it's possible for you and then take some of these small actions to get you started on that path. Okay, now a quick recap. First, we must do the thought work of noticing our negative self-talk and replace those thoughts with positive or neutral thoughts. Second, we must take action to love ourselves because just trying to tell ourselves we should have more self-love without any action will not work. Third, to improve confidence, start by focusing on the areas of your life where you do feel at least a twinge of confidence and work outward from there. Fourth, explore you. 
Try different interests and activities to reconnect with, rediscover, and redefine your identity. This concept of identity is a central focus of my book, The Uncommon Guide to Healing from Narcissistic Abuse, How I Used Art to Break the Pattern and Redefine My Identity. And coming up in just a little over a week on January 14th, 2024, that's a, it'll be a Sunday evening, I'll be hosting a free book club event on Zoom. So mark your calendars. I'm really looking forward to this, starting to plan for what we're going to do and what we're going to talk about. I'll be sending out emails throughout this next week to remind you and to share more of kind of the breakdown of what we'll do. If you're not on my email list, go to the link in the podcast description and sign up for the weekly companion emails to the Art That Overcomes podcast. This will also get you those updates about the book club event. And at that link, you can also access um, the links to buy my book, to find my Instagram page and much more. I, again, I'm so excited about this. If you haven't ordered the book yet and you still want to come, go ahead and come. Or if the book's still in the mail or you have it sitting on your nightstand and haven't read it yet or sitting in your Kindle ebook thing, wherever that lives on your phone and your app, um, still come. Don't let that hold you back. It's not like you have to read it cover to cover to come. But I, I want you to bring your questions and your thoughts and your reflections about the book. So if you can dig into it a little bit beforehand, please do that. Again, I'm excited. I will see you there. Now, before we move on to imagine what message your future self might have for you today, I want to let you know how you can join me in this process of using art to redefine your identity. The Redefined Process is an online group coaching program where I teach you the same art and writing technique that has been so life-changing in my own recovery. It's how we connect our thinking brain and our feeling brain and access the thoughts, feelings, and limiting beliefs that need to be heard. The Redefined Process is included in my monthly Redefined membership along with much more. You're also going to get access to live coaching calls, community chat with other overcomers just like you, the option to schedule one-on-one -on -one coaching sessions with me if you need more support, and several additional courses too. Just search for Redefined by Jennifer Kramer in your app store or go to the link in the podcast description to view the web-based version. I can't wait to see you there. A message from your future self. I see you here wondering if this is all there is, wondering when there's going to be that big breakthrough you've been waiting for, hoping this hardship will be the last, at least for a while, remembering that immense peace you felt in the beginning right after the abuse ended, only to find that now it feels like a high you're still trying to chase. It was so good for a while, simply being able to breathe freely for the first time in so long. And then you started to feel stale, stagnant, stuck and unlovable, making it by and making it work, but not growing and expanding the way you'd wanted. I understand that you had such high hopes for me, the future you. I know that you've had an image in your mind of what I'm like and how good it will feel to be far over there where I am. I wanna tell you that the journey is hard, but you know this. I want to assure you that you'll be okay, but you've already learned this is true. I wish I could give you a magic answer to make your fears and worries and doubts go away, but I can't. This I can do. I ask you to remember what life was like before, 
for your past self. I ask you to imagine present you speaking to her the way I seek to comfort you now. I ask you to step into the powerful person that you are, the one who shepherded and guided her through all those horrific experiences and obstacles so she could get to this place, so privileged to only have the worries and fears that you now hold. Because of you, she no longer suffers in those same ways. Because of you, she felt that peace and knows it's possible again. Because of you, she's figuring out who she is even when the path is dark. You've been in my place. You've done this before. You have guided you through so much. And I trust, I know, that you'll do it again. Because you always have. No easy answers, no magic, and no hero swooping in to save the day. Only powerful, beautiful, majestic, deserving, strong, stubborn, and hopeful you.